0: This is Better Business Coach, session number 15. This is the Better Business Coach podcast. Your source for critical sales training, proven education, and actionable worksheets. All downloadable for immediate use. We work hard so you don't have to. Now your host, the rapid growth guy himself, Matthew Pollard. Hello everyone and welcome back to Better Business Coach. My name is Matthew Pollard and as always, I am your rapid growth guy. Today is a follow-on session from session 14 where we spoke about pricing and we hinted at the importance of personal branding and the importance of packaging. And today I have the benefit of sharing... Extra content on that with you with Dev Singh, who is a world-renowned business strategist, executive coach, and entrepreneur. He's worked with several hundred executives, entrepreneurs, and professionals on building and optimizing world-class brands. And just like me, he's had the opportunity because of this to work in diverse markets like Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, London, Stockholm, Toronto, and Mumbai. He's also worked with diverse clients ranging in industries from social enterprise, technology startups, nonprofits, charities, educational institutes, senior executive teams, and major global corporations. He is also a master practitioner in NLP, so he's going to be speaking a lot of the same language and a lot of the same things that I've been sharing with you. So I'm so, so happy to share with you what he has to say. Dev, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Matthew. Great to be here.
0: It's great to have you, and look, you've got a wonderful show yourself, so it's, it's an honor for me to, to have you on.
1: Thanks. I'm looking forward to have you on the show as well. It's on hiatus at the moment, but season one is, uh, is, is up and kicking, and uh, yeah, I encourage all your listeners to check it out as well.
0: Well, from what I've heard, it's kicking goals. And a lot of it is to do with the fact that you're speaking a very similar language that got us into the top of new and noteworthy in iTunes.
1: Yeah, look, I've listened to a couple of your episodes now um, since you told me about it and I've checked it out. And it's amazing what you're doing with uh, with your podcast is truly unique, uh, I have to say, because there's a big trend in podcasts at the moment to do interviews and, and have conversations, which personally, I, I love that. But what you're doing is really, you know, Putting, uh, putting yourself on the line to share really, really sincere and, and direct education, uh, which is rare to find in a lot of podcasts. And it's really useful stuff. Like I've already learned a lot from uh, from listening to the two episodes I heard.
0: Well, I appreciate that. As you know, putting together a podcast, it takes a lot of energy. And funnily enough, interviews, actually, I find much, much easier, even though they offer a lot more content. Because in an interview, they're used to talking about certain things, and I've just got to ask great questions. But when you've got to speak for 20 minutes, straight out about a certain topic, it really does take a lot of energy.
1: I totally agree with you, mate. That was my logic for doing uh, a podcast in an interview format. Well, there were two things. One was conversational because I like talking to people. But the other is that I came at it with a a hacker mindset. And I said, let me figure out all of the uh, quickest and shortest routes to getting the most value to people. Um, You happen to be exceptional at doing this anyway. Um, for me, that was the way that I went by it. And and I think that's very relevant to what we're going to be talking about later in the show as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, I can tell you it wasn't my first go at it. I did a practice with a friend of mine, Daniel Lima, who's almost a best-selling author now in Australia. And we have a a Dan and Matt podcast, which actually shares some great messages on marketing and strategy. However, for me, it was a a one-a-month podcast just so I could work out all the finer points like I'm sure you have about just how hard it is but all the little secrets you need to know to make an iTunes new and noteworthy podcast. Absolutely. Now let's get right into the content. I know that you are a personal and organizational brand specialist and you focus primarily on differentiation as well which is great because what we've been talking about with the listeners is how to separate yourself as a business coach and we talked about in session two and three about how to do an elevator pitch to get people interested and I even notice in one of your blog posts it's written like an elevator script of we help you create sales letters in 60 minutes even if you've never done one before which is the exact terminology that we were teaching in session two so a lot of the stuff that you share is going to be great content for the coach but what specific things or what ways of differentiating would you suggest are important for a business coach to really know and embrace into their business
1: Uh, Look, as as you mentioned in my bio, I've worked with uh, professionals and entrepreneurs all around the world and uh, and hundreds of them, and and a lot of them have been coaches and business coaches as well. Uh, I wouldn't say most of them, but a lot of them. The reason I say that is to emphasize the point that there are certain belief systems and approaches and attitudes towards differentiation, towards branding, towards marketing that uh, transcend uh, cultures and industries and sectors. No matter where you go, there are certain things that just get looked at in the same way. And one of those things I found is that branding and marketing are not differentiated but even between themselves enough. And I know that's not exactly the question that you were asking, but I always find that it's really really important when you're thinking about your differentiation to understand where differentiation sits in branding and where it sits in marketing. I was meeting with um uh, with someone just the other day to give them some advice on their, uh, not just the differentiation really, but it was their approach to packaging, their approach to their brand, their approach to working with clients. And we got talking about this idea of how, how, basically she asked me this question. She said, how do I set myself up to be an expert? And I said, you know, that's really interesting that you say that. And, And I think it's a bit of a misnomer because a lot of people think that when they set themselves up to be an expert, they build a fancy website, they put up a bunch of testimonials They, um, you know, they dive into a very superfluous kind of level of content marketing. They do all of these things that are very checkbox and they feel that, okay, now I've set myself up. So I am differentiated as an expert. The problem with doing that approach is that it can be quite simplistic. When you approach that without really understanding the difference between branding and marketing is that you're coming at it from from almost this attitude of uh, I'm going to be different just like everyone else. And when you're different, just like everyone else, you're not actually differentiating yourself based on anything that is actually integrated and congruent with the differentiation in terms of the value that you're offering. And I think this is where most people go wrong. They try and differentiate themselves with a bunch of tactics, with a bunch of uh, tricks that are necessary and become very fundamental later down the line. But your first approach to differentiation should be absolute 110% clarity on what is the unique value that you're actually bringing to your clients and customers. Particularly not just in terms of the products or services, but also in the experience that your customers and clients are going to have of working with you. That to me is the biggest differentiation and that to me, in fact, is the definition of branding. The way that I define branding or brand exactly is the experience that your customers and clients have of their relationship with you.
0: That's really well put. And it, it's funny that you say that. I talked about significantly in the last podcast unified message and how important having a unified message was. Mm-hmm. And. I'm sure you have one as well and I'm looking forward to hearing it in a second but for me at a young age I used to call myself a sales niche marketing and differentiation specialist and everybody went oh well that's nice but it didn't really convey a unified message about what I delivered and no, None of those concepts people could really identify with or understand. As soon as I started calling myself a rapid growth coach and I have a rapid growth program that helps people obtain rapid growth, everyone got really excited about that because people want rapid growth. The other things are just the features of what I did.
1: Yeah, I look, I agree with you as well. I also think there's a fine line between that where… I I could potentially not agree with you, uh, Matthew, and um, I don't say that to necessarily challenge the specific rapid growth uh, coach terminology that you work with, but that some people fall into the trap of, again, being very simplistic about it, and they feel that if I just have the right catchphrase, if I just have the right slogan, or even so much as if I just have the right colors in my logo, um, I, I can start getting out there and getting better business. The issue that I have with that, the concern that I have for uh, for coaches that I work with is that it can be a very, very easy procrastination mechanism. It can be very, very easy to fall into that trap where I'm of the mindset that the best differentiation and the best marketing that you can possibly do is doing really good work and having that proof of concept, um, especially when you're starting out as a coach, but really at any level as a coach. So I've worked with a lot of people who have tried to come up with very interesting names and interesting titles Sometimes they hit and sometimes they miss. When they miss, the reason they miss is because they're trying to be clever. They're not trying to be useful. When you call yourself the rapid growth coach, it makes sense. It's very practical. It is what it is. And it it, it the most important thing is that it's very congruent with your history and your experience in the fact that you've delivered a lot of rapid growth for your clients. Um, but some of the some of the names that, um, <laughs> that that people come up with for themselves, it's, it, it, it can be a bit of a joke, to be honest. They can well, I, sit there for hours.
0: <laughs> I can agree with you. Uh, look, the bottom line is that a, a name is only one thing. And quite frequently, as, as part of what I do, I'll look back at what they've done in the past. And you have to create a unified message with what they've done because you've got to back it up. And a lot of right. times when you talk about packaging, for instance, if I called myself the rapid growth coach and then I said, so what I do is I sit down with you for two hours every single week and talk to you about things that you can do to make your business better, it wouldn't mm. send that unified message. So it's only the start. It's the core message that you then filter in to everything else that you do. So no, I, d- I don't take it as as you're disagreeing with me at all. I feel that what you're saying and what I'm saying is exactly the same. You've got to come up with something that's going to differentiate you and make a very simplistic message out to The world about what you deliver, but it's got to be connected to things that you can actually deliver and past experience that you've actually delivered to others.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I I also think that just like uh, when you build a great website, it doesn't necessarily mean that people will automatically flock to it. Uh, It's the same with also uh, coming up with great terminology and uh, brand assets. Uh, I don't call them brands because a lot of people confuse branding with having a logo and having a you know. uh, comprehensive stationery. And they, I remember once I did this um, workshop many years ago, actually, and I walked into this uh, this little room of executives and they said, we want to learn about branding. And I said, yep. Okay. I'm here to teach you about branding. So, I started up and I said, "Well, before we begin, have any questions? Before we even dive into the content, and as I like to do, because it stimulates engagement and gets people uh, talking and really feeling like you know everything is customized to them, um, which I try to do as I go along the presentation." And they said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm st-, one of them. Literally said, I'm trying to decide whether my logo should be red or green." And I said, I, like initially it was fine. I didn't, I didn't scoff at it. I just said, okay, that's, that's fair enough. Um And I tried explaining to them that, look, that's a, a part of, you know, um, of, of your brand asset. Your logo is a brand asset. It's part of branding. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the principles of branding, the the fact that it's, you know, strategic development, articulation of, um, of your identity or personality and values. And then part of that identity is uh, demonstrated through your logo and your colors and all that's relevant. Um, but we'll get to that. And then we can talk about your specific case. And they started getting restless. I mean, he started getting restless, this person. He started saying, no, no, I just look, I just want to know what what color it should be. Because I really feel like if I do this, I'm going to make a million dollars next year. He didn't say this literally, I'm exaggerating now. But his attitude was pretty much that uh, once I get the colors right, um, all of a sudden I'm going to just explode my business results. And the issue with that, it's very common sense between you and me. But I've come to realize that without sounding condescending or patronizing the fact is that a lot of people it's not common sense for them they really do get caught up in what kind of hype they need to project i find when people uh, create their brand assets they feel that something as simple as having the right colors and the logo is going to explode their business to making you know a million dollars more in the next financial year the issue with that is is that you can build even the most comprehensive relevant sophisticated unified message if you're not projecting that message out to the right audience um, at the right time as well, then it's just not going to work for you because what works for you is not is not actually your brand asset. Um, it's your branding. And like I explained at the start, my definition of branding for that very reason is that it's the experience that your customers and clients have of their relationship with you. If you just build a bunch of brand assets, including your unified message, and you leave it on the table, and you don't have any customers or clients to experience the relationship Um, that they have working with you because of those brand assets, then you essentially don't have a business um, and therefore you don't have a brand.
0: Well, look, that, that makes perfect sense and it really is. It's all the artifacts of the business have to be aligned with the core message and that makes the core message make sense. If it's in its own isolation, it's not going to make your business successful. And, you know, without making a very overly simplistic quote. It's a big matter. I mean, this focus on what color of the logos is, you know, you know what you know, you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know. And this person just assumed that the colors of the logo were the most important thing for the success of a business. Just like so many people think create a podcast and all of a sudden I'm going to just rapidly grow into success. And there's a lot of people currently that are getting. How mortified six months down the track when they realize that not only do they have to have a podcast, but they actually have to have a product too. And Mm. even the fact that, you know, something like that, where most people would assume that you need to have a product to, you know, to have a platform to make money. This comes as a surprise to so many people.
1: Oh, tell me about it. And and look, to be honest with you, Matthew, it's something that happens to the most experienced and the best of us as well. I've been down that path. I've made that mistake as well. And I can tell you, I, I pride myself on having very good relationships and friendships with people who are a lot more successful and experienced than I am, um, uh, one of them being yourself as well. And a lot of my friends who are a lot more experienced and um, and, and, and just successful and multi-multi-millionaires and award-winning entrepreneurs uh, in their own space who have built companies and sold companies for millions and millions of dollars when they shift even the slightest into a different sort of sphere such as for example information marketing coming from a more traditional uh, business background they can fall in their fl- uh, fell on their face in the most uh, the most just mortifying way possible and the reason it happens is because i think they um, they get caught up in a lot of the uh, the overcomplicated or the oversimplistic uh, messages that are put out there about what it takes to be successful, which is largely built around a lot of hype, but ignores fundamentals of good business sense. Um, part of that being you know, a unified message. It's, it's just good business sense to have a unified message, whether you're a coach or you're running a fruit store. If, you know, it really doesn't matter what business you're in. If you have a good unified message, um, it's going to be more effective for you. If you take that message and then make sure that your audience uh, is clear and and you're clear about who your audience is and you're opening up effective channels to have that communication streaming properly and that your packaging, um, your pricing, everything to do with everything that you're talking about um, is actually unified in line with the language that your audience needs to be speaking um, then you know you, you're you're actually going to get some traction there. If you ignore those and start focusing on, well, I need to build a podcast this week, and I need to you know um, fix up the colors in my logo the next week, then you can get caught up in this vicious cycle of uh, of particulars that uh, are not actually meaning anything to your customers and clients. Because at the end of the day, they care about your uh, the results that you can get them.
0: Exactly right. That's why I always say find one mentor and follow that person. Because so many people will listen to so many different things and even as you spoke about these interview podcasts, one day they're interviewing somebody based on SEO and says, get yourself to the top of SEO, you'll make a fortune. The next person's about podcasting and so you you start a podcast. The next week you're talking pay-per-click advertising with Google and the next day you're talking about direct marketing strategies. So you really do need to first create a product. And the way I get people to try and think about this is imagine opening a shop and you provide fabulous customer service and fabulous information about many things, but you don't actually physically have anything to sell in the store. It's crazy. So you've got to build those products out and then provide all the artifacts around it to make people feel that it's worthwhile actually buying it and then stick to the knitting and get the artifacts around what you're currently doing to support that product. And this is a great segue into the next question that I was going to ask you, Dev. But being mindful of time, as I know a lot of our listeners listen to this podcast on the way to work or on the way out to see clients, and we are approaching that 20 minute mark. And I can see that Dev has so much content to offer on packaging and pricing, which I'm sure our listeners are very, very interested in. So let's press pause and we'll jump straight into the content in the next episode. So if you're listening to this and you've got a little bit of extra time, I'll make sure I post part two at the exact same time as part one so that you can get straight into it. So thank you very much for your time. If you haven't already, please take a second. It really only takes about 30 seconds to hop on iTunes and post a review for Better Business Coach Podcast and the star rating that you feel that it's worthy. Thank you very much in advance and I'll see you for part two if you have time straight away. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Better Business Coach podcast. Head over to matthewpollard.guru for links, recaps, and any downloadable templates mentioned in this and every show. Also, if you've not already rated our new podcast in iTunes, we'd love your support. Simply leave a review and the star rating you think worthy. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you in advance and see you next time.